Good evening, you beautiful people. Recently, I've been in touch with a UK-based producer and director. He's looking to interview people with true, provable, creepy experiences in the woods. So if you've got a true, believable story with some evidence behind it or you can show where it happened, I'd like you to email me at deanbrendan93 at gmail.com and I would be happy to get you in touch with this director. Thanks. Your first place could have gotten you killed. This world is a strange one. I don't know about you, but I was not lucky enough to hit it off on my own in anything more than an apartment. Don't get me wrong, it was an all right place, a bit small and too close to some annoying people, but I made the most of it. However, there are some unlucky few out there who move into different apartments. Apartments that have a dark history whose evil pasts are still alive. Because when you move into a new apartment, there's always that chance that it's haunted. So get ready for five allegedly true stories of real haunted apartments. Let's just hope you've found yourself a house. Before we start, I wanna give a shout out to our newest badass, Felicia S, for donating to our website. Thanks, Felicia. For details, you can stop on by darknessprevails.org or to submit a story on UFO or alien encounters. Hint, hint, a video might be coming up on that subject. Now get ready, because here come those nightmares. Oh, and have a happy Thanksgiving and be safe out there, okay? Number one, Estancia's Apartments, submitted by June. These are a few stories I have about living in a certain apartment complex. As of writing this, I'm 15 years old, and since I have been listening to some of these scary stories, it reminded me of some events that have happened to me. Since my mom and dad were split up, I was just two years old. I went back and forth between living with them for so long. And when I was around 10 or 11, I was living in an apartment complex called Estancias. I lived there with my mom, stepdad, and three cats. Now, I should mention that these apartments weren't the best in the area, and they were considered ghetto. I mean, on the premises, there's been a lot of stuff happening related to sex offenders and drug abusers. Now, our apartment had two bedrooms, and I had my own room. Around that time, I was afraid of everything, especially the dark. And just some background before we get to the really juicy stuff. A while back before we moved in, and when the apartments were in really bad shape, there was a lady who lived there. I was told she was a drug dealer, with an older son and two daughters, who stayed in my room. Now, I guess the lady was turning in her rent slip to the office. When she came out, there was a former drug customer of hers and he took out his gun and shot her multiple times. She proceeded to drag herself from the office building to the apartment. She did this all the way and died right in the hallway. Her body was halfway into my room trying to get to her daughter's room, where her daughters were. Now, I don't know all the exact details of the incident. I was only told that story by my mother after she met the girlfriend of that woman's son. She told us the woman's name too, but I forgot. I don't know if this is even a true event, because honestly, I haven't found out much about it or seen related documents. Needless to say, though, it did creep me out. Another one of the problems I had living there were these sex offenders. I used to play outside a lot. I didn't have any real friends when we moved in, so I would only play with the other kids. Most of them didn't even speak English, but it didn't matter. I remember one day I was just playing outside with those kids. And that's when a man who looked homeless came outside of one of the apartments near us. I noticed him right away. He was really gross looking, and I'm usually pretty aware of my surroundings. 
He opened his front door very wide and was sort of standing there, and he had this smile on his face. I don't remember much about this, but he started saying things towards us. If I recall correctly, he had said something like, We made cookies, do you smell them? Come inside and we can eat them together. I don't think any of us went inside, but we did smell freshly made cookies. The reason why this bothers me so much now is because a while after that happened, I found out that several sex offenders were kicked out of that same apartment for obvious reasons. So the main thing that happened to me while I was living there was something rather paranormal. I've never been one to not believe in spirits and whatnot. I'm very skeptical, but after many occurrences, I can't deny what I've seen. So some basic foreground. My room was smaller and had one larger window that was above my bed. My bed being against the wall, on the other side of the room, I had a sliding door closet. It was one of those closets with a mirror, and it always made me so uncomfortable. I would close the thing every night and leave my bedroom door open. I did this because, like I said, I was terrified of the dark. Not only did I make sure my mom and stepdad left the hallway light on every night, I also had a little nightlight shaped like a rose on my dresser. My parents' bedroom was right next to mine, and they were usually reliable when it came to my yelling for anything. The bathroom was also right in the hallway that led to my room. Now that this is said, there was one night I remember in particular. So my stepdad's mom, let's call her Lucy, would stay over every weekend, and she would sleep in my room on a couch or bed which was right next to mine. I really liked it when she was there, because I felt so much safer with another person in the room with me. But she slept with the lights off and the door closed, and this didn't actually bother me much. So that night, we were all going to bed, and my parents were already in their rooms. Lucy closed the door and got into her bed, and I did too. She fell asleep before me, and eventually I fell asleep too. But then I woke up later that night. I didn't have a phone nor a clock, and even if I did, I can't remember what time it was anyway. The thing I noticed when I opened my eyes was that the door was open. I had no idea why it was open, and I might have assumed that Lucy left and didn't shut it when she came back, but I was really scared because there were no lights on in my apartment at all, so I was surrounded by darkness, except I felt uneasy that my door was now open. I wasn't able to muster up the courage to close the door, even if I was a few feet away, and I couldn't just fall back to sleep since my thoughts were now filled with the horrors of what might kill me in the night. Lucy was snoring really loud and that sort of comforted me knowing she was still in the room. So I ended up pulling out my DS light and I played a Tinkerbell game. It was the only light I had. My knees were up and I was under my blanket. My focus was turned to the light in my hands. After playing the game for some time, I felt a bit relieved and fully awake. But then I felt this pressure, almost like a large hand on my calf. For that second, I glanced at my legs and to my utter shock, I saw my blanket dent in where the hand was. My heart dropped and I was so paralyzed. I didn't even know if it was still touching my calf. My legs felt tingly and my heart was racing. I sat there not knowing what to do and eventually I shifted my eyes all around the room. Everything was so dark because I had been staring at my DS. Then when my vision came through, my heart dropped into my kidneys. I remember seeing a tall figure right in the doorframe. It wasn't the size of either of my parents, nor did it resemble them in any way. It was so dark looking, but the shape of it looked like a person in a poofy dress. The only thing I can describe it as was a woman in some ball gown. I was so stiff and petrified 
This all was so wrong. I couldn't tell if it was looking at me or not, and frankly, I think it had its back to me. I didn't want to make a noise, fearing it would move or jump out at me. Then, as quickly as possible, and this made sense to me at the time, I leapt out of my bed and straight onto Lucy's. I hit my ankle on the fan right between our beds. I was practically on the edge of the bed and I curled up right next to her, fearing for my life. I lay there with my eyes closed, and somehow, some way, I must have fallen asleep. I don't know what that thing was in my hallway. I have no idea why it was there or what it really was. I never saw it again, but I do have a clue about the pressure of the hand on my leg. The story about the woman who died in our apartment. There were many times my family dealt with her. I told my mom about that night and she had also been touched by a similar thing. So I felt maybe it was this lady and I wasn't that afraid of her for her presence felt motherly, but I'll never forget what I saw that night. Now, this next part is what happened when I was 11. I know this for sure because it happened in 2012. This is something I guess is a little more identifiable because the news reported it and everything. It's actually a sad event and goes to show how messed up the people in our apartments were. It was early April. I remember we were dying eggs. It was daylight still around seven or so. My mom and I were just doing whatever and I remember washing my hands at the sink, looking out the window in our kitchen. Then we heard a loud bang, but it didn't really sound like a real gun or anything. My mom looked out of our window as well and we sort of brushed it off as the neighborhood kids with BB guns or something. Not to say that BB guns are loud, but they are when they hit something. And we even saw children running around too. I don't know how much time passed, but we soon heard and saw police cars driving up into the parking lot. This was pretty common, so we didn't pay too much attention. That is, until we noticed them surrounding our apartments. We had a very nosy community, so everyone had come out of their apartments and was trying to talk to the officers. There were cops everywhere, and I was outside with my parents too. A few ambulances rushed up to the scene, but I didn't think it was that serious still. I remember that it was already pretty dark outside, maybe around twilight, and I saw a woman being carried out on a gurney. My mom told me to go back inside, and I did. My close friend was actually with me. She lived upstairs to us, and her and her parents were outside. I didn't know what was going on until later that week, but what happened was that our neighbors, who were a man and his girlfriend, who was pregnant, had gotten into a fight, but he pulled out a gun and shot her. I believe he shot her in the stomach. She was only 18 years old and four months pregnant. He had fled the scene with the gun and was missing. It was a traumatic event for the community, and I even remember that not everyone wanted to be interviewed by the news stations that came the next day. Eventually, after it all settled down, most of us just wanted the boyfriend found, and he was. After a few months, he was found hiding in Mexico. I'm glad to know that he is behind bars for the murder of two lives, and honestly, I don't miss the Estancia's apartments. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. 
Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Number two, Man in the Window, submitted by Keo. I believe in all things paranormal, although I haven't had too many experiences of my own. I have had my things moved around and show up in odd places. I've been in my room and I hear voices coming from the hallway. They sound like a party is going on, only to open the door and find that everything is silent and still. These are weird voices that I just can't explain. You know, just little stuff like that. But there was one experience that happened about a year and a half ago. I'm a 22-year-old female living with my mom in our two-bed, two-bath apartment. I do need to explain the layout of the apartment so you can understand better. Our apartment at the time was located at the very far end of the complex. Next to the apartment was the maintenance office, so the maintenance guy always had his truck parked there. And in that corner is a decent shining light. From my kitchen window that's above the sink, I can see the truck. And from my mom's bathroom window, you can also see the truck. So you can pretty much see this corner area from the kitchen and my mom's bathroom. Now for the story. It was around three in the morning. I'm always up pretty late because I'm a night owl. I went to the kitchen to get a snack. And on the way back to my room, I realized I'd forgotten my drink. I left my snack in my room and went back to the kitchen. I noticed there wasn't a trash bag in the bin, so I figured I might as well do it. That way, I didn't have to worry about it later. As I'm opening the trash bag, I get this sudden strong feeling that I'm being watched. I looked up and I see a man looking right at me, dead in the eyes. He looked at me with the most hateful look I've ever seen anyone give someone. He looked at me as if I had ruined his life, as if I had taken his most prized possessions away. It was just so hateful and angry. It was completely dark in my kitchen, the only light on being the stove light which is very dim, so it doesn't provide enough to see anybody. But we stare at each other for about two seconds before my fight or flight kicks in. Finally, I run to my room. My heart is pounding, and I remembered my mom's window. 
Slowly and cautiously, I went in and looked. I didn't see him and no one was around. Mind you, this all happened within seconds of seeing the guy. And for two reasons, this situation does not make any sense. Reason number one, the next morning I went outside the apartment and I could barely see into the kitchen, let alone be able to make direct eye contact with someone inside, despite it being the afternoon with more light out. Reason number two, the bright light I mentioned that's next to the maintenance man's truck. If it had been a bum, someone just wandering around the complex that's not supposed to be there, it just wouldn't make any sense to be standing in the most lit area of the place. This story might be short, but it's very confusing and very, very frightening. I get really intense chills when I think about this, and even as I'm typing it, I have major goosebumps. I will never forget that evil look he gave me. Number three, the red-eyed figure, submitted by Arcaning Fire. My name is Brandon. I live with my parents and my cat, and I'm currently 14 years old. The story I'm about to share with you is very recent. It happened to me literally a year ago, and ever since, I've stopped watching horror movies and going to the kitchen, or really anywhere in the middle of the night. I barely even go outside to play and hang out with friends at night, now because of this. Now, let's get on with the story. My family and I had just moved to a new state and we needed a place to stay. So for the time being, we decided to stay in an apartment complex. We ended up finding one that had just been built and was leasing to people. So me and my family decided to stay there for a couple of months. We got an apartment and in a couple of days, we already got settled in. The apartment had a smell of new to it. You know, when you get something brand new and it just has that smell. Honestly though, some places did smell a bit like paint. Our first few weeks there were okay, but the week after that, I will never forget. On a Wednesday, I began to hear some weird tapping at my window. I went to investigate, but when I would look out, there would be nothing there. At the moment, I just assumed that it was either a tree that was actually outside my window or my blinds, so I just went back to sleep. But after three minutes of trying to sleep, I hear it again, but louder. Now it sounds like it's banging against the window. It was so loud now that I was scared. I quickly manned up and checked whatever was making the sound, but again, nothing was there. This process lasted for another three nights. I told my parents about it, but they just said it was probably the tree outside my window. Saturday, though, was the day that I'd never forget. My parents decided to throw away my cat's bed due to how dirty and damaged it was, and so my cat had to sleep in my room. My parents didn't want the cat hair all over their bed. That night, I was asleep, and my cat was sleeping under my bed. I was having pretty good dreams when all of a sudden, I woke up to this scratching sound. My cat was scratching at my door, most likely telling me she has to go eat or use her cat litter. So I got up to go let the door open for her so she could do her stuff. Now at this point, my cat is clawing underneath the door as if she's trying to open the door herself somehow. But when I get up next to her to let her out, all of a sudden, she jerks her paw away from underneath the door like something had just touched her. That's strange, I thought, and I opened the door to let her out. But she wouldn't move. She just stayed in place, motionless. I picked her up and started to place her outside the door, but she suddenly got so scared that she wiggled out of my hands. She even actually clawed my hands so hard that I began to bleed. When she was on the ground, her tail lit up like a Christmas tree. I decided to see what she was so scared of. I looked out of the doorway, and that's when I saw it. From the dining room behind the chair was a dark figure. Because it was so dark, I could not identify if it was a man or a woman. 
but to me it kind of looked like a man. The only thing I could see clearly were the eyes, which were literally two red dots. I was so scared. I opened my mouth to scream, but no words came out. Immediately, I shut the door to my room and locked it. Now, I haven't mentioned this yet, but my apartment, the dining room, the kitchen, and the living room, as well as my parents' room, they're all connected. My room is down a tiny hallway that connects my room to the laundry room and bathroom. Basically, you could enter my room through the bathroom or the hallway. After I locked my room door, I quickly ran to the bathroom door to lock it as well. After that, I just jumped in my bed and hid under the covers. I could hear what sounded like footsteps just outside my room. Whatever was outside wasn't done because I could hear the doorknob turn. But since it was locked, whatever was out there could not get in. Thank God. After three more attempts, everything just went to silence. Whatever was out there was gone. For the rest of the night, I didn't get any sleep. And when it was light outside and I went to go tell my parents, well, they shrugged it off and said everything was probably a dream. Ever since that day, nothing has happened like that. To be honest, that is really the only straightforward paranormal thing that has ever happened to me, and it still gives me chills every time I think about it. All that I know now is that I will never forget what happened that night. Number four, the girl with the faint voice. Submitted by Tall Dude. This event took place back in the end of January of 2016. I have some beliefs in the whole spirit thing, but never really had much evidence to go off of until that night back in January. Let me give you some background about where I live. I live alone in a single room apartment in a college town in the Pacific Northwest. I live on the second floor of my apartment building. The new semester had just started and half of the people, including my neighbor across from me and above me, the only two people I had a chance to meet since I moved there, had moved out in December. I hadn't really had the chance yet to talk or get to know my new neighbors. So one night, I get back to my apartment from a long day on campus and I start watching some TV. Around 7.30 p.m., I hear a few faint knocks, but I blew it off because I thought it was someone knocking at my neighbor's door. A few minutes pass by and I hear it again. So I get up and I look through my peephole and there was no one there. I think nothing of it and I continue to watch my TV. A couple of hours later, I hear it again, and at this point, I'm still trying to just ignore it. And a few more minutes passed, and again, I hear it a fourth time. Finally, I get up and go look through my peephole, and nothing. As weird as I thought it was, I just told myself someone was probably just pulling a dumb prank. Around 11 that night, I got tired, so I went to bed. About five minutes after I got in bed, in a very soft, faint girl's voice, I heard someone say, Hello, Austin. My heart sank into my stomach instantly and I froze there for a solid 10 minutes. The reason I froze and what I think is the most chilling part of this experience is that no one at this time in my apartment complex knew my name. The next few nights I ended up sleeping with the lights on and by the time I was finally calmed down and getting past it, it got worse. In my apartment, if you walk straight out of my room, you'll be in the bathroom. Well, one night, even with the lights on, I was walking out of my room to the bathroom and I had this weird feeling in my stomach. I looked up into the mirror of my bathroom and I swear to God, I saw a little girl's face on my bed looking at me straight back in my room. I was not able to sleep for a few weeks after that. No one except me and my close friends knows of this experience. 
That is, until now. And number five, The Indie Ghost, submitted by Finn. After a long shift at work, I headed over to my friend's flat as he had just moved in. Let's call him Ryan. After sitting with Ryan and his other flatmate, we got invited to his friend's flat just upstairs. My friends started telling me a few weird things that were happening in the flat, but nothing as scary as what I encountered. They told me they would hear indie songs, usually Catfish and the Bottle Men, so they soon called the ghost the Indie Ghost. None of this made me particularly worried as it didn't seem that scary, and I just thought it may have been other people in the block or flats playing music loudly, so we carried on and had a bit of a laugh. I don't remember what we were laughing about, but something made me laugh hard, and the beanie that was perched on my head fell behind my neck. I thought it was a bit warm, so I leaned forward and let it fall behind my back so I was sitting on it. The room got colder even though there was about five people in there. One person left the room to go to bed, but I didn't know them very well, so they waved me goodbye and didn't come near me. The only person near me then was Ryan, and he was set on the other end of the sofa. I should mention that this was a sofa with three seats, I was set on the left and Ryan was on the very right-hand side. Ryan was wrapped up in a blanket. He was feeling a little bit cold, but nothing too bad. Nobody else was feeling this cold except me and Ryan. This is the part where it gets really weird. After realizing I had not gone in a while, I felt a sudden urge to go to the bathroom. So I got up and asked where the bathroom was. I opened the living room door, walked down the hallway and opened the bathroom door. Without setting foot inside the bathroom, I could see the toilet, and when I looked in, inside the toilet bowl was my hat turned upside down. I felt utterly shocked, and thoughts raced around my head about who did it, and what I was going to say and wondering about how the others would react. I thought they all may have been in on it, and I was not happy about that. Then it dawned on me. Ryan was the only one that could have been close enough to me to take the hat, but he was wrapped up tightly and half asleep the only person that left the room that could have possibly got up and went to the bathroom to put my beanie inside the toilet came nowhere near me and only waved. That was when I began to feel cold and unwelcome there. The air in the flat had changed and I felt like I was being watched all the time. I went through to the living room and asked if anybody knew about it. But everybody was as shocked as I was and they kept asking me, are you sure you didn't walk to the toilet and it fell off your head? I assured them I did not step foot inside that room before. Hell, I even had to ask them where the bathroom was. And even if somehow, some weird way that it had fallen off my head and I had forgotten about it, after I picked it up out of the toilet, I would have joked about it or at least quietly put it in my bag and not mentioned how silly I had been. I went back to the flat yesterday, but I still felt that cold and unwelcoming presence and I didn't take my hat off once. If you don't mind living too close to other people, residing in an apartment can be a cheap and simpler alternative to owning a home. The scary part though, besides the crazy people that only live a few feet away from you, is the fact that you might just be moving in with something that wants nothing more than to terrorize you every moment of every day. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your scary stories today at darknessprevails.org submit. Thanks.